This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, the only uh, card... Uh, Flora, huh? they, they asked us not to read an ad. Oh. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody. David Flora here. Just want to take this opportunity to let you know that uh, everything's going pretty smoothly in Blurry Photober. We got a pretty good episode with this one where we're going to ratchet up. At this point, David was wondering why no one had interrupted him with the tumultuous cackle of a headless horseman. But then, little did he know, he was the cackler himself. And who, indeed, would interrupt the cackler with a cackle? Cackleception. Head fake within a uh, within a, a sound take, within a <laughs> mistake, in inside of a chicken bake. <laughs> Look out! Blurry Photober! Chocolate cake, everybody! <laughs> you got heaven's sake! <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Welcome to the continuation of Blurry Photober. That's right. It marches shakily ever onward in its ram-shackled bone suit. Rattle, 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 rattle. rattle. Uh, My name is Dave Stecco. My name's David Flora. You know that. You've heard me talk before. Yeah, this ain't your first rodeo, neither. And it's time to uh, dodge these bulls and catch their attentions like little clowns. That's right. Like little tiny rodeo clowns. We are fresh off of the 2017 Milwaukee Paracon. Oh, yeah. Fun time. Fun trip. We had a blast. Uh, got to hang out with uh, not only uh, Mark Soloff of the live show, but also Greg Bach, which was a freaking delight. It was awesome. As always. Got to talk about Matreya. Might be worth an episode. I, the more I look at it, that really? is. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a, lot of, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of material there. It is a very internally consistent theory. <laughs> It, this was this was someone talking to us about what is it, Dave? Uh, so uh, people on every planet, being yeah, beings it, on every planet, and yeah, it 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 draws from a lot of things we've talked about. Um, there is like the the higher consciousness, vibration, multidimensionality, uh, the literal dawning of the age of Aquarius, mm-hmm. um, and then even down to it brings the, it includes a UFO conspiracy, and then. And, and in essence, a uh, kind of like for our uh, uh, indigo kids was like a little bit of a teachers amongst us to help elevate us oh, as a world. Right. And uh, I mean, oh yeah, a, it, now it's coming back to me. And and like we won't um, go into this a, this new age of of peace and harmony and understanding uh, until we're ready for it. Yeah, right. Because the harmony and understanding technology is apparently also super harm you technology. Right, and it's light. Yeah. Right. It was. It was. It was some kind of light technology. Yeah. Um, and and things will get worse before they get better. And I, uh, you know, I mean, we've we've got somebody we could talk to if we if we wanted to. That was. I I don't think we should do that because I think you and I both know where we're going to land on this one. <laughs> I that's that's my thought too. And that's she always- was an extraordinarily nice woman though. Oh yeah, she could not have been any nicer. Uh, it was a. It was actually a. a while I don't share her her viewpoint, uh, she could not have been any nicer. She was a delight to talk to. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and that's kind of that's kind of the the double edged sword with how we how we've done this podcast. If that makes yeah. sense, you know we we very much land in uh, in in the same uh, football stadium whenever we parachute out with an American flag <laughs> behind us. Yep, you know, in any given episode, and this one, this one's probably in another town. Yeah, I, it, I wouldn't want is, to do it if it felt but, like we were just making fun of it. But I mean, like this is a this this would be, you know, what I would put this in as as one of our religion episodes. Like, here's a belief system you may not know much about. Hmm. Yeah, because be. it's the, and that's the thing that surprised me about it was first and foremost that I hadn't heard of it before, but lot of uh, documentation and pamphlets and literature and the crop circles. I forgot that the crop circles are a part of it. 
Uh, I mean, like I said, it covers a lot of territory. Yeah, I, so. I don't want to talk about a thing we're not talking about for too long. But uh, I had a great time. I had a yeah. blast. I I had to wake up like real early and drive there, so I was like punchy all day. And so for that, I apologize, Flora, and to Greg Bach and to Mark Soloff, because I just could not stop giggling all day. I was a hot <laughs> mess. Uh, it was fun. Uh, shout outs to PPM who yep. has written into the podcast before, who was also there, said hi. So thank you so much. Yep, good to see her. And uh, if you're if you're new, if you're listening to this from that, then welcome and uh, hope yeah. you enjoy the episode. Oh, and, and so I'm sorry, I don't want to keep harming up, but also giant high five to T. Krulos for putting the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on episodes of the podcast before. He is awesome. And, and hopefully, I mean, look him up. It's T-E-A, like the beverage, K-R-U-L-O-S. It's... Uh, worth looking him up he's got a lot of fascinating books out he kind of embeds himself with people who who are a part of a, a particular group he did a one book about real life superheroes mm-hmm. he's done one about ghost hunting that's fascinating he's currently working uh wrapping up a book about um uh people who are preparing for the apocalypse uh i guess i, I feel like it's reductionist to say preppers like well. goblins but that's, but that's but those know. people as well. Yeah yeah. Uh, I Gob- cannot wait. I am well. so I'm so excited to read to read this book. But he's he's an amazing author. Uh, he puts together this Milwaukee Paracon. I think it literally costs him pounds of his own flesh. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think it's easy, and I we certainly do appreciate Especially it. Especially while again. writing a book. I yeah, exactly. With imagine. deadlines, yeah. come on. Fun times had by all. Um, but we're onwards and upwards. Or in this case, onwards and downwards. Straight downwards. Because for this episode, we are talking about hellholes. And I'm not talking about your apartment after college. Maybe I am. I don't know where you lived. <laughs> and I'm not talking about your mom after college. Oh, sh! Or am I? <laughs> oh, damn! <laughs> Hell holes, holes to hell. They're out there. They've been out there. They're going to get you. Yeah, they are going to get you. You can't not get got. Just know that. So watch out, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll tell you. We're going to tell you about the, uh, shall we, shall we jump in? Yes. Laura, I'm going to have to insist on an overview. I, I know it's not what you want to do, but I'm, I'm insisting on an overview right now. Oh, don't just um, do it. Well, let me, let, let me just, I'll have to do this off the top of my head then. Okay. Oh, yeah. It, and it's fine if it's just, you know, approximate. Hades, Sheol, Naraka, Shibalba, Peklo, Jahannam, Tartarus, the underworld, hell. It's a concept present in many religions and cultures throughout the world and throughout history. No two versions are quite the same, and descriptions vary from place of terrifying, everlasting, gobstopping torment to boring, unremarkable waiting room spot between lives. Likewise, not every culture lists such a place in the same location. Some are metaphysical or exist in a spiritual place or plane of existence. Some are located beneath our very feet, only farther down than we are humanly able to reach. Whether burning lakes of demon fire or vapid caverns where souls simply are, Not many people in history have actually wanted to find themselves there, and fewer still have sought a physical path to it. Indeed, in most cultures, there isn't a way to hell besides the tried-and-true method of dying. (laughs) Well, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But some cultures' hell do have ways to get there, fraught with peril and with no guarantee of return. And purposefully pursued or accidentally found, these hells have entrances if you know where to look. Now, this is going to be a fun, list-heavy episode, and I want to try and set the playing field now so we know where the out-of-bounds are and how to score and all that good stuff. Uh, For this episode, we'll be looking at several famous supposed entrances to hell that are either holes or caves or some kind of ingress in the earth. What we're not going to be covering are gates of hell, which yeah. could be uh, anything from man-made sewage or access tunnels that are creepy 
to legendary spots where one must find and walk through seven gates or portals in order to access the underworld. Examples of what we aren't talking about today include Hellum Township in Pennsylvania, Fengdu Ghost City in China, Clifton, New Jersey, Pasadena, California, Blue Ash, Ohio, Jersey City, New Jersey, Tom's River, New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, uh, <laughs> just, just, just Jersey. Sorry, Mel. <laughs> uh, Spidergate Cemetery, which was an extra sode or any of a ton of other spots that might be creepy in their own right, but don't quite fit the hellhole motif, at least not yeah. for this episode. I like that we had, uh, that as we did this research, that we had to delineate between holes to hell versus portals to hell. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't think that, but that's awesome. Please don't send in any I can't believe you didn't include blank emails, because we might cover these in a whole other episode. Yeah. We might also uh, do a whole show on hell itself and all its incarnations and evolutions through history at some point. Who knows? Plenty, plenty to it, man. Right. Uh, so we have narrowed down the list to some pretty popular and pretty cool places. You will find these on internet lists and for good reason. Some are cool tourist spots and some are downright creepy AF. Yeah. We'll be talking about a few myths of legendary journeys to the underworld. And we'll run down a list of actual spots believed to be entrances or ways inside hell. Uh, so let's jump in because there's a lot that we are going to get to. So let's let's Damn jump skippy. into some uh, hellish journeys. Yes, please. First and foremost, venturing into the underworld, into the under, or a place where souls reside after death is not a unique idea, nor is it unheard of in cultures. Um, see also... Most mythological literature involves somebody going on an epic adventure. <laughs> I'll never hell. I'll never hell. Uh, it's called uh, Catabasis, uh, where a hero or someone from the land of the living will descend into the underworld to retrieve a needed artifact or rescue a loved one or gain necessary knowledge. Because they can go to the land of the dead and return still alive is a classic proof of their extraordinary status among mortals. While these adventures were exceptional, they did not always have the happiest of endings, even with the hero returning alive and well, because hell's going to get its own. Hell's always going to get its taste. It's going to get its taste. Some examples in mythologies of the world are uh, the Sumerians. Uh, how about this? Uh, Inanna, the Sumerian goddess of love and war, tried to enter Kerr, the dark <laughs> and dank cavern deep under the earth, ruled by her sister, Erishkagel. What a gal. Yay. She's the bee's knees. Ow, my knees. Eaten by bees. <laughs> uh, to either attend her brother-in-law's funeral or to conquer Kerr. Well, I don't, we don't know why Inanna was down there, but just know that she had beef. Uh, she passed through seven gates and managed to sit on the throne, but was turned into a corpse by the Anna, which were the seven judges. She remained a corpse for three days until her servant pleaded with the other gods to rescue her. Only Enki complied and, and sent two sexless beings to get her. Okay, you, you do you. As they brought her back to life, Eshkragal sent demons to demand a replacement for her. Uh, all of Inanna's servants were in mourning, so she didn't want to send them. But then she saw her husband, Dumazid. This is this is getting like real Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, but then she saw her husband, Dumazid, sitting on her throne, fooling around with a bunch of slave girls. She is dead for three days. Uh, and Nana was like, a replacement found and throws him to the demons. He ends up working out a deal where his sister, begging for his life, uh, stays half the year with him. And thus, the birth of the seasons. You have abity babity ba. I'm here six months. I'm there six months. And that's why you got summer and winter. Uh, the funny thing is, what's characterized as pretty capricious. Inanna was still would still go into mourning for uh, not having him around for those six months. Oh, Inanna. Yep. Yeah. 
You sent him to hell. Your fault. <laughs> so moving on to Greek mythology. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> There's so many stories of people going to hell. Here's one story. Probably, probably heard it. It's, it's pretty classic. Hades, the god of the underworld, uh, fell in love with Persephone, who was the daughter of the goddess Demeter. And there are different accounts of the story, but basically he kidnaps her and she eventually falls for him and marries him. Her mother Demeter, outraged, causes perpetual winter until Zeus is like, yeah, uh, hey, go get your girl in Hades and stop killing crops, all right? You hear? (laughs) She does, but Hades is like, um, Zeus tell you about the food rule? Demeter's like, what food rule, you creepy old bastard? And he's like, I'm nothing. Just if, you know, Persephone had any of my tasty vittles, she stays with me for that long. I don't know. And Demeter's like, what the f***? And he's like, them's the rules. <laughs> and she's like, Persephone, did you eat anything down here? And she's like, no. And Demeter's like, damn right. <laughs> That's that's my daughter. She ain't stupid. Then Persephone's like, you know, I only ate like six pomegranate seeds. Demeter's like, you little sh. And Hades is like, hee haw, I got her for six months. Zeus is like, them's the rules. Demeter's like, where the f you come from? Zeus is like, oh, I was just creeping in the corner. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> so now. You know, we have seasons. The end. Like we do. <laughs> Roman mythology has disc kidnapping Prosperina. Those, them's their characters. But that's like, uh, those are gods involved in going yeah. to the underworld stuff. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And, and you know, you see where that, the, the, the import, the weight of the trip unto hell is. Not far off from that, um, closer to human. Let's just go demigod status. Uh, Orpheus, the son of Apollo, travels to Hades to bring back his deceased wife, Eurydice. So great are his liar skills, he basically wonderwalls his way to Hades, moves the Lord and Persephone to tears, and they agree to let him take Eurydice back with him. On one condition. He shan't look back at her until they are both on the surface. So he gets all the way to the entrance and his fear that he has been duped overcomes him, and he turns to look at her, only to see her dragged back to Hades. He then falls apart and ends up getting torn apart by a group of wandering, raving wild women. Nice, eh? Right? So, but was he duped? Um, he wasn't duped, no. He just, oh. uh, his his um, uh, paranoia the, got his better. His lack of faith was indeed disturbing. <laughs> Uh, and then you've got in the Odyssey, Odysseus travels to the underworld to seek advice from the blind prophet Tiresias and several lonely shades. Uh, in the Aeneid, Aeneas visits his father in the underworld with the help of the Sibyl, who was uh, an oracle, prophetess mm-hmm. of Apollo. And then, of course, uh, Hercules travels to Hades at least a couple times, once to grab Cerberus uh, for one of his 12 labors, uh, possibly rescuing Theseus on the same trip. Maybe on another one, and then wants to rescue a woman named Alcestis, and there, there's, there's so many more. But you know, right? Time. Yeah, yep. Yeah. This is the part we remind you. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on it. I don't know. Just <laughs> if you know more, good, good on you, good on you. Uh, how about the Japanese have a wild story about Aizanagi and Aizanami in the uh, Yomi no Kuni? The Norse have hell, just one L. Hell. It's more efficient. It's you can so you can pack it flat and ship it. <laughs> Damn hell! Classic Scandinavian design. <laughs> hell, which is ruled over by the goddess Hell, oh. is basically a continuation of life somewhere, uh, somewhere else in most sources, except the uh, except for Snorri Sturluson's wildly bleak Edda in the 13th century, well after Christianity had uh, made its way and in and its impact on Norse traditions. Hermod. A uh, hero and maybe demigod son of Odin traveled to the underworld on Sleipner, Odin's horse. There, he uh, there he not entirely or at all successfully pleaded with Hell to return his brother Balder to the world of the living. I don't imagine that Hell makes a lot of exceptions. No. 
Uh, in the tale, we learn that the dead presumably entered through a main gate, but those living beings who, for whatever reasons, undertook the journey to hell seem to have thought it either impossible or unwise to enter through the gate. So they either uh, found sneakier ways to cross into hell or turn back. That's why hell needed a wall. Yeah. There's also uh, Lemminkainen's rescue uh, from Twanella by his mother in the uh, Finnish folklore. Now, the Welsh have uh, Pull's descent into Anun uh, in the Welsh Mabinogion, which is fun to say. And then uh, Prithi Anun, uh, Anun, King Arthur's expedition into Anun, uh, as recounted in the Book of Talesian. Whew. <laughs> uh, now, the only, no, the, from the, the Christian realm, the harrowing of hell is the story of Jesus descending into hell between crucifixion and ascent to bring salvation to the righteous therein. It is said to be from the Apostles' Creed in the Gospel of Nicodemus, though uh, to be more of a rebuttal to paganism than an actual account. So just trying to close some doors there. Have you, have you heard of that? I have not. I've not heard of the harrowing of hell. I'd have to look more into it because it would seem to me that there are, that, you know, like, the, is, do a lot of righteous get pulled into hell? This was before, this was, um, right. Pre, yeah, I get it. Old Testament style. Yeah. Yeah. It was talking about people from like before the flood or just after and stuff like that. Right. Who had not yet been saved. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'd have to look into that. I don't know much about it. Yeah. That's, that's a, um, the, uh, apostles creed is more of a reputable source than the Nicodemus, the gospel. (laughs) Or uh, the Acts of Pilate, as it is also known. Right. People doing real research on that. And then finally, uh, the most famous beginner's guide to traversing hell would be Dante's Inferno, in which Dante comes up with the gate to hell and is guided through by the dead poet Virgil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the, that's, that's the going to hell for dummies. And it had a pretty big mark. Yeah. People, people noticed. People noticed. They liked his descriptions. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, they smelled what he was cooking. Whew. So that's, you know, I wanted to put more because I, you know, I find it fun and fascinating with the mythologies to go through. But um, what we're here for are the things that you can walk up to and say, I'm jumping in here. See ya. Yeah. I don't care about a hero going down and getting his uh, baby back ribs. So, <laughs> which she get? <laughs> uh, let's talk about these entrances. These are eight places you can actually visit. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go to hell, you animals? You think you're so tough? Do it. These are said to be openings to hell itself. And again, the term hell has become very Christianized, having become a, a mixture of hot bullshit over the centuries. Just. All the descriptions of hell and what happens in there are are sort of all melting together. Yeah. Many sources contributed to our current snap thought when we hear hell. When when you hear the word hell, you know what you what you picture immediately, what you think of. A road trip with me and Flora in your car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you pretty chitty bang bang. Chitty chitty bang bang. We love you. Hi ho, <laughs> and uh, you know, not not least of all, uh, was old Dante himself responsible for this. So many of these examples will carry a fiery realm of the damned flavor. Mm-hmm. Some are steeped in much older mythology than that, however, and that's where we'll begin at Lacus Curtius in Rome. There is a monument in the middle of the Roman Forum to Lacus Curtius, or the Pool of Curtius. There are three recorded explanations of the name. The first, in 362 BCE, a chasm suddenly opened in the middle of the forum, and soothsayers said that the Romans needed to sacrifice what they held most dear uh, in order to to close it, which inspired the soldier Metius Curtius to don his best armor and ride his horse into the opening, which promptly closed. The second... Sabine soldier Metius Curtius accidentally rode his horse onto the swampy ground here when pursued by Romulus's army. And he was so polite about it. Or courteous. <laughs> and the third, lightning struck here in 445 BCE 
And the consul, C. Curtius, what's this? Mm-hmm. Kurt Curtius, dedicated a sacred wellhead to mark the spot. So those are three explanations they had. Uh, the historian Levi wrote, It is said that in 362 BCE, the ground, whether from an earthquake or some other agency, caved in almost in the middle of the forum, creating a gaping chasm of unknown depths. No amount of dirt that everyone brought and tossed into the pit was able to fill it. Then they learned from an oracle of the gods that if they wanted the Republic of Rome to endure, they would have to sacrifice on that spot that which above all else made them strong. They then say that Marcus Curtius, an exceptional young soldier, so strapping and handsome, you can see his thighs, criticized the others for doubting that Rome's strength could reside in anything other than the weapons and bravery of her citizens. Silence fell. Curtius, gazing up at the Capitolium and the temples that rise around the Forum, stretching his hands first to the heavens, then to the pit and the gods below, consecrated himself to the underworld. Then, armed for battle and mounted on his horse in full caparison, Curtius leapt into the chasm, and the crowd of men and women threw gifts and fruits of the field in after him. (sighs) Accordingly, the pool of Curtius is, they say, named for this Marcus Curtius, and not for the ancient Curtius Metius, the Sabine soldier serving under Titus Tatius. Ha 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 yes! In truth, the more recent event recounted here is the more prevalent story for the origin of the pool's name. The most prevalent, of course. And, of course, Pliny the Elder. Oh, what? Who? There is another fig tree sown there by chance in the middle of the forum at the spot where Curtius, using his most precious possessions, that is to say his courage, his commitment, and his glorious death, shored up the foundations of Roman power that were slipping away in a portent of disaster. Disaster. Disasture. Sesterce. Sesterce is a fun word to say. I get you. Yeah. So you can go there. You can go to the middle of the forum, look at this monument to... Who, who, whatever whatever happened there. <laughs> yeah. There was but like a lot of things that were happening and they were like, ah, hell, hell, hell's it. Yeah. It. But uh, yeah, but they've, they've closed it up since. Uh, how about Lake Avernus in Italy? Ever heard of it? Yeah. Uh, the Italian Bay of Naples and Vesuvius once held frightening landscapes choked by sulfurous fumes and blackened by a blasted volcanic landscape. Don't. <laughs> Once the proud home of little shits. Called the Phlegian Fields, it was said to be the battlefield where the gods defeated the Titans. Uh, The the dormant volcanic crater naturally evoked imagination of death in otherworldly realms. Uh, The nearby city of Kume was settled as far back as 730 BCE. And it was here that the Sibyl, the Oracle, remember, guys, we just talked about this, uh, resided in a cave where she was said to become possessed by Apollo and go into a trance to predict the future. Some kilometers away was Lake Avernus, where the Sibyl could lead the living into the underworld. Now, Virgil, again, remember this guy? He was the guy who spilt all the beans in uh, the Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Virgil wrote, quote, Best Virgil accent, Flora. Me or you? However you want it. Give me, give me a Deckard Cain. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was a huge deep cave with jagged and pebbles underfoot and a gaping mouth guarded by dark woods and the black waters of the lake. No bird could wing its flight over this cave and live. So deadly was the breath that streamed out of the black throat and up into the vault of heaven. Tristram. Hence the Greek name of Vernos, the place without birds. It was here that Aeneas was about to enter the underworld, guided by the Sibyl in an attempt to meet his dead father. The Sibyl warned him 
that it is easy to go down into the underworld. The door of black dis stands open night and day, but to retrace your steps and enter into the upper air, that is the task, that is the labor. No one would believe me. I tried to warn them. Oh. <laughs> Uh, good news. They've since corrected that birds can fly freely over it now. It's just just birds, just birds for days. Patched it. Yep. Moving on over to Pluto's Gate, or the Plutonian, in Turkey. The ancient city of Hierapolis held a curious and deadly attraction, a shrine to the god Pluto, or Hades, which contained a small cave that descended into noxious fumes, said to be a passage to the underworld. Located in southwestern Turkey, the site was built on top of a cavern that still emits carbon dioxide gas from natural geological activity. Animals were sacrificed in the cave, people could consult an oracle there, and visitors to the site could even buy birds to throw in the cave and see how deadly it was for themselves. Greek geographer Strabo wrote, The Plutonium Below a small brow of the mountainous country that lies above it is an opening of only moderate size, large enough to admit a man, but it reaches a considerable depth, and it's enclosed by a quadrilateral handrail, about half a plethrum in circumference. And we all know how big a plethrum is. Hefe, would you say I had a plethrum? <laughs> See, El Guapo, do you have a plethrum? <laughs> okay. It's a sweater! <laughs> and this space is full of a vapor so misty and dense that one can scarcely see the ground. Now to those who approach the handrail anywhere around the enclosure, the air is harmless, since the outside is free from that vapor in calm weather. But any animal that passes inside meets instant death. At any rate, bulls that are led into it fall and are dragged out dead. And I threw in sparrows and they immediately breathed their last and fell, because I'm a sadistic fuck. Love, Strabo. <laughs> Don't forget. <laughs> the site was thought to be nothing more than legend until it was actually unearthed in 2013. Pretty recent. Yeah, that is, that's a new action. Now, when they, when they consult the oracles at these places, it's been pretty well proven that there are fissures in the ground or openings where gas escapes and yep. causes these people who were said to be the oracles probably to have hallucinated. Yeah. And that's where they get their visions from. And you so, get a, a cave that's full of noxious gases. You go in, you don't come out. Yeah. Yeah. Murder cave. Yeah. Probably underworld-like. So no wonder world. Now, how about the Acton Tunichil Munkel Cave in Belize? An hour's drive east of San Ignacio and an hour's walk through the jungle from there brings you to Acton Tunichil Munkel. Mun Mucknal. Mucknal, that's it. Uh, the Cave of the Crystal Sepulcher. Ooh. <laughs> that's pretty hot shit. Hello, Steven Spielberg. Right? <laughs> From there, you have to swim in and wade up a river for at least a kilometer to find yourself inside the caverns, which the locals refer to as an entrance to Shibalba, Shibalba. Uh, which is the, uh, the Kiche Mayan underworld. Uh, Shibalba. 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 Uh, translates, uh, translates as the place of fright, and for good reason. It is one unhappy place to find yourself in after death. If one did not die a violent death, one could find themselves in Shibalba. Shibalba having overcome obstacles and predators in order to escape to a better place. It was ruled by a group of gods known as the Lords of the Underworld. Darkness fills my head with pain. <laughs> pretty good cut there. Um, th and this obviously metal multitude included such figures as One Death, Seven Death, Bloody Claws, Bone Scepter, Skull Scepter, Blood Gatherer, Puss Master and Jaundice Master. Yeah. So, 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 f off, Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> Shibaba. Shibaba. 
Uh, the back of the caves hold the remains of several bodies, sacrifices made to the gods a millennia ago. Skeletons of all agents can be found from infant to adult, with many younger ones showing evidence of skull elongation. Ooh. Mm. All were killed by blunt force trauma to the head or spine. Uh, the most famous is an 18-year-old girl whose bones have calcified, giving a sparkly look and inspiring the name the Crystal Maiden. Uh, the cave was only discovered in 1989. Now, here's the thing, Flora. I'm going to be in Belize in a few months. Go there. Uh, let me see how far it is. Drive there. Swim there. Trek there. Because <laughs> you have to... It. This is a fucking trip to get here. Yeah, that's why I'm like, hell yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, you know. Even if you're there, we have fun. You gotta, we have fun. <laughs> you you gotta you gotta swim and spelunk, take an inner tube. That's what I'm saying. Wear a wetsuit. Gross cave water. Oh, maybe. Um, because via the Hummingbird Highway, which is what it's called, that's just a two-hour and nine-minute trip. Oh, so just add an hour to walk. And then you yeah. got to s- swim in and at walk. two hours. Cause you're walking in and out. I mean, it's a, you're going to spend a day getting there. Oh yeah. But it's not like insanely far from where I'll be. Do it. Yeah. Honeymoon. <laughs> now yeah. honeymoon with the crystal maiden. It's pretty close to the Guatemalan border. I don't know if that matters at all. What? Maybe would, it's not. Would that, would it matter? I don't know. Yeah. That- I don't, I don't think so. Guatemala. Guatemala. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, no. It it doesn't look like a a nightmare thing. I'll have to check it out. So there you go. There's some some Belizean shenanigans. I mean, I think because it's such a pain in the ass, it's not like anything is roped off or preserved uh, with any kind of, like, protection. So if you go there... You can, like, step on a, a crack, break some Mayan mother's back. Yeah. So so be careful. Also, I read that you, you can't take, like, anything with you. Like, going or com- coming or going. Like, no no cameras, no backpacks, no uh, sunglasses. I don't know. But Really? You can't take pictures? Can't take pictures, apparently. And also, you can't take anything from the, the, the cave. So get that out well, of that your head. Well, that, that makes sense. Mostly because of the spirits that will haunt you. Damn. Forever. <laughs> and those spirits clubbed a child's spine to death. So they are not, they're not playing. They're, yeah. They are, they are, they will f*** you up. Either that or, or you've got a crippled child that will haunt you for the rest of your life. Oh. So. I'd t- I'll take the beating, please. I'd rather oh. have the beating. Oh, God. <laughs> Cripple child. No, thanks. <laughs> All right. thought that was funny. Yeah, but I do think that's interesting that that was only uh, only discovered in, you know, what, the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So something that has been known for a while, St. Patrick's Purgatory in New Orleans. Is that, is that the St. Patrick's Purgatory? Is that the time between like 4 a.m. when the bars close and 10 a.m. when they reopen? It was a drunken Irish joke. It was at the expense of the Irish culture. Have some respect. (laughs) (laughs) Some respect. Uh, Legend tells of a time when St. Patrick got fed up from the head up with some followers of his what started doubting the ways of the Lord. One day, Jesus the Christ appeared to him and took him to yon station island on Loch Derg. There he took him into a cave, or maybe a pit, or maybe a well, which was an entrance to purgatory, and St. Patrick received visions of hell and the punishments therein. Afterwards, he brought his followers there to give them proof of a Christian afterlife. It became known as a place to get close to purgatory and reflect on what tortures might await a sinner. It's not open to the public, but it is open to pilgrims who have to perform a variety of ascetic practices in their pilgrimage to the island and the monastery there. In 1632, the Lord Justices of Ireland ordered the cave closed and most of the records of pilgrimages prior to that year destroyed. Hmm. Ooh. It should be noted, no actual texts confirm the saint's visitation to the island, 
might have okay. just been, you know, thrown on there later. Fionn McCool has some some lore in the area. Well, also, there's stories that uh, St. Patrick chased all the snakes into that lake and, and killed them all in there. So, you know, what are you going to do? Right. But uh, don't expect to go there and, and, and walk on down into hell. Because yeah. I think it's it's not only is it closed off, uh, you have to be pretty pretty devout Catholic to get there. One the does place. not simply walk into hell, right? We all know this from that fine documentary and the uh, supporting PowerPoint presentations. Yes, and all the meme scholars who came behind you to shore up the what we learned there. All right. Well, how about we uh, how about we take a trip to now? This is a little bit more of a subtle one. I don't know if it counts. Um, but in Turkmenistan, there is the door to hell. Door to hell. In the middle of the Karakum Desert, in the middle of Turkmenistan, in the middle of a continent, in the middle of a planet, in the middle of a solar system. Keep going. On the outward spiral arm of a galaxy. <laughs> I can see you masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> lie, lie three large craters. The first is called the water crater, and it is a massive hole in the ground with gross water at the, uh, at the bottom, bubbling with gas leaks from below. The second is the mud crater, a hot, bubbling mud swamp at the bottom of yet another huge hole. And the third, door to tell, door to tell, tell, tell that door it's to hell, door to hell, was T apostrophe, a.k.a. the Darvaza gas crater. Mm. It is a crater in the desert more than 60 meters in diameter and 20 meters deep, and that shit is perpetually on f***ing fire. Uh, <laughs> flames dance and flit about inside the crater, giving off no smoke but a ton of heat. Now, Flora, you may be wondering, oh, did the devil pop out of this particular spot long ago? Did he? No. Well, not exactly. Uh, while the specifics are not known exactly, the story goes that a group of Soviet scientists who were on the lookout for oil fields in 1971 decided to drill in a spot there right in the middle of the desert. Um, what they found was that they had set their equipment on top of a huge cavern of natural gas. And without much warning, the ground collapsed, taking the equipment with it. Miraculously, no one was killed. And if you believe in miracles, I'd like to sell you some real estate at the edge of Antarctica for a real hot price for a real cool place. <laughs> Uh, here's the kicker, though. Uh, not only did the collapse trigger similar collapses in the area, it was uh, soon realized that methane gas was escaping from the crater. While not toxic, it does displace oxygen, which can cause a suffocation to us fragile humans and birds. Remember? <laughs> remember? Yeah, I remember. Uh, so to save the nearby town of Darvaza, the Soviet scientists put on sunglasses, lit a, lit a cig, took a few drags, then flicked it into the crater turning and walking away in slow motion and not looking back, mm -mm. probably. <laughs> uh, the crater caught fire, which is good because while the CO2 the fire gave off is bad for the environment, the methane is like 20 times worse. And they figured, what the hell, it'll burn off in a couple of days, two weeks at most, <laughs> then we're done. That was 46 years ago. <laughs> and it is still trucking strong. It's now like a, a tourist spot even though it was supposed to have been filled in years ago. Well, yeah, it's a tourist spot. So no, they're not going to fill that in. Why would they? There, there may be more than just the three craters out there that we mentioned. In fact, there, there probably almost certainly is um, with all this stuff that had happened. It's just sort of a sketchy, like, what, what happened? Can you, can you tell me again? No, don't have time. Sorry. Have gulag to uh, uh, avoid <laughs> Nobody's quite sure, you know, what what happened in the first place, but right. most of the pepperonis are on the pizza there. That makes sense. So, moving in the most logical of next stops, <laughs> from Turkmenistan to Kansas. Yeah, it was, well, in Kansas is the Turkmenistan of the Midwest. When did they take that off the flag? <laughs> Ten miles west of Lawrence, you'll find the small community of Stull. It's comprised of a few houses, a church, and a cemetery. And it's steeped in story after story of supernatural hullabaloo, you little shits. 
1974 article in the University of Kansas student paper alleged the place was, quote, haunted by legends of diabolical supernatural happenings, end quote. And the legends asserted that the cemetery was one of the two places on earth where the devil appears in person two times each year to visit the grave of a witch he knew biblically there. Whoa. Fun to point out, there there is a grave apparently with the name Wittich on it. Which Hey-o. is witch with uh, a T-I in the middle of it. Anyway, the piece also went on to say that one student claimed to have been grabbed by the arm by something unseen while others spoke of unexplained memory loss when visiting the place. Hmm. Stories began popping up, and the legend grew. One story told of two young men who were visiting Stoll Cemetery one night and became frightened when a strong wind began blowing out of nowhere. They ran back to their car, only to find that the vehicle had been moved to the other side of the highway and was now facing in the opposite direction. Another man claimed to experience this same anomalous wind, but inside of the church rather than in the graveyard. He claimed that the sinister air current knocked him to the floor and would not allow him to move for some time. It was also inside of the same church where witnesses say that no rain will fall, even though there is no roof. There are rumors that an old tree in the graveyard, which was cut down not long ago, was used as a gallows for condemned witches. There's also said to be a grave in the cemetery that holds the bones of a child of Satan who was born of the devil and the aforementioned witch. The child was so deformed that he only lived for a few days and the body was buried in stole. Some say that his ghost may walk there. Oh, yeah. Crippled, crippled child ghost. <laughs> back, back again as there supposedly was a photo taken a few years ago that shows a werewolf-like boy peering out from behind a tree. And then one wild story claims that Pope John Paul II allegedly ordered his private plane to fly around eastern Kansas while on his way to a public appearance in Colorado. The reason for this, the story claims, was that the Pope did not want to fly over unholy ground. But the connection here is the rumor of a pit to hell located there, with a staircase going straight on down. Supposedly, the old church was built over this pit and sealed with magic in order to keep the spawn inside from escaping and wreaking havoc. It did a great job. Yeah. Problem is, it's all made up. What? It was made up by a professor in the 50s and told over and over again to dumbass college kids. Now the residents of Stull have to put up with said dumbasses trespassing and vandalizing the cemetery. The dilapidated old church was demolished in 2002, supposedly under mysterious circumstances, but not really. Uh, don't go to this one, because you're liable to get fined and maybe jail time. Also, it's in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, so... Also, it's in the Turkmenistan of America. <laughs> yeah, don't forget that. It appears uh, in Season 5, Episode 22 of the show Supernatural. Have to throw that one in there. So, womp womp. <laughs> womp womp. I like that there's a portion of that story that's just about two old guys arguing about who farted in a graveyard. It was a sinister air that held them in place. <laughs> uh, how about the uh, Hoshka Castle in the Czech Republic? Oh. A 764-year-old uh, Gothic castle built in, built in the rural Czech Republic, seemingly for one reason and one reason only, to cover a bottomless pit that was one-way ticket to hell. Al. The legends say that the local villagers would claim to see black human-animal hybrids with wings fly out of the hole at night. A young man was once lowered down on a rope, hoping to report on what he saw to King Otakar II of Bohemia. As soon as he disappeared into the inky darkness, he began screaming in terror. When he was pulled out, he looked as if he had aged more than 30 years, and his dark brown hair had gone stark white. Trying to make lemonade out of lemons, any criminal convicted and sentenced to death was just tossed into the pit. <laughs> and some claims of villagers actually being dragged by the winged demons and drug into the pit, never to be seen again, sparked outrage in the community. 
when are we going to get that pit filled in? You know, <laughs> the one with the winged demons that keep snatching people. That's government. Vote for me, Todd Wanamaker. I'll fill that pit. <laughs> Todd Wanamaker says he wants to fill in the pit, but does he? <laughs> <laughs> paid for by people against the pit. <laughs> pa- paid for by Big Demon. <laughs> by Big Demon. So it was decided that rather than just fill it in regular style, that a castle shall be built over the pit to contain the wickedness inside. And so it was. Uh, now, that might be a pretty fascinating tale, but for some of the actual peculiarities about the site, if you visit the castle, you'll notice first and foremost that the windows are fake mostly. There are no castellicular fortifications. It has no water source, no kitchen. It was not near uh, any commerce, and no one supposedly lived there. For some reason, it still had frescoes painted on the walls, but of dragons, the crucifixion, and a centaur-like creature aiming a bow at a person. Left-handedly. Southpaw. Sinister. Southpaw centaur. (laughs) It's said that you can hear scratching under the floor at night. Apparitions can be seen in the halls. Now, the Nazis allegedly took over the castle to harness the power of hell. You can do that. Yep. (laughs) And people say you can hear screams from beneath the floor of the castle's chapel. Countless other encounters have been uh, have been and still are reported there. The castle was actually built as an administration center and passed down through the aristocracy for years. Nazis did take it and are said to have done typical Nazi shit in it, which is just evil of its own accord. Even mm-hmm. if they, even if that's where they just did all their paperwork, <laughs> all their Nazi forms, it's still evil. Yeah, and this one's particularly creepy, and you can go there. I want to go there, and there's been. A ton of shows recently that have come out uh, hunting ghosts in it and such. Was Mystery Man one of them? Did he get to the bottom of it? <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask his friends because they, <laughs> right. they really know what he's doing. <laughs> but uh, um, could be a uh, uh, episode all on its own. But uh, yeah, you got the you got the gist of it there. I think a lot of stuff uh, a lot of stuff goes goes on in Bohemia. That area is r- pretty rife with. Uh, Haunted singularities. <laughs> right. Naked singularity. All right. Well, let me let me round us out here. Okay. Got one more. This one's a pretty infamous one. The Well to Hell in Russia. Siberia, 1989. Russian scientists embarked on a mission no one had ever attempted. Drilling as far as possible through the Earth's crust. Yeah. They drilled like mad and got 14 and a half kilometers down. That is nine miles. What? Way to go, Russia. No one commits to a weird idea like the Russians. Truth. When, at that mark, the drill broke into a cavern, lowering some measuring equipment down, they recorded a temperature of 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit and a microphone recorded 17 seconds of audio before it melted away. What? What they heard was bone-chilling. It seemed to be nothing less than the agonized screams of the damned. The audio has since been leaked, and we got our hands on it. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Everybody can, but we'll play it for you right now. This is what was recorded. It was so harrowing that many scientists walked away from the project immediately. Others claimed to see a demonic fireball burst out of the hole that night, and doctors supposedly administered memory-erasing shots to everyone who stayed. Pretty f***ing terrifying. Yeah! Boy, it sounds, not only is it terrifying, but we, that was it. I'm glad we saved it for the end, because it's, it's, it's done. We did it. We got. We, to we settled hell. it. We got to hell. And if you believed any of that, uh huh. I'm sorry. Oh no! So this story was made up entirely 
by a Finnish Christian publication around 1989 and picked up by the Trinity Broadcasting Network. (laughs) Of course. Running a story called Scientists Discover Hell. Oh, and if you think that Trinity was the only people running this, this, I I distinctly recall, was a particularly frothy-mouthed Weekly World News, The Globe, all of those guys. Mm -hmm. Love this. Oh, yeah, but it wasn't until 2002 that the audio surfaced in a recording sent to none other than Art Bell on Coast to Coast. Yep. Along with a letter which said, I just recently began listening to your radio show and could not believe it when you talked about the sounds from hell tonight. My uncle had told me this story a couple of years ago, and I didn't believe him. Like one of your listeners who discounted the story as nothing more than just a religious newspaper fabricated account. The story about the digging, the hearing of the sounds from hell, is very real. It did occur in Siberia. My uncle collected videos on the paranormal and supernatural. He passed away fairly recently. He let me listen to one of the audio tapes that he had on the sounds from hell in Siberia, and I copied it. He received his copy from a friend who worked at the BBC. Attached is that sound from my uncle's tapes. The rest is urban legend history. Now, the audio is said to be from the 1972 movie Barren Blood, though that hasn't definitively been proven. It's pretty close. Could yeah, be. Yeah, well, because then someone, someone would have to watch Barren Blood at that point. <laughs> Here's the audio from Barren Blood. Uh, either way, it's a hoax. Is hoax. A Norwegian teacher saw through the crap when the story first aired, sent the Trinity Broadcasting Network a bit of Norwegian newspaper along with a fake translation uh, that claimed a scientist had seen the demonic fire from the hole, and then TBN apparently fell for it, and the teacher confirmed his suspicion to how gullible people are. (laughs) God, of course. Right? Of course. There is no Siberian borehole that we know of. Yeah. But there is one on the Kola Peninsula, which did get uh, 12,262 meters or over 40,000 feet deep. That's over seven miles. That's the uh, Kola uh, super deep borehole. Yeah. That's that. That's not messing around. Yeah. That is a borehole. They, uh, they I guess, ran out of funding and probably <laughs> government was like, get out of there. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. There's... I, I, it strikes me is that there was someone in, in Russia going, so what are they digging for? Would they use gems? Is, is no. Se- is secrets? Is oil? Is, no. is metal? Well, we're just digging to see if we can dig. You're, you're digging hole to see if you can dig hole? This is over. <laughs> this is done. <laughs> yeah. Let no me more. shoot gun to see if I could shoot gun into, <laughs> yeah. into face. Uh, how deep is hole? A little uh, over seven miles. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's done. You dig hole. Seven miles hole. He's enough hole for anybody. He's duper. You do not need more hole. <laughs> Make it known. Anyone needs hole, go to cola. Plenty yep. hole for everyone. <laughs> You're done. Metal, whatever. Yeah. Stop hole. Yeah, and, and listen, it's just a matter uh, I guarantee it's just a amount of time before the cola... Uh, a borehole becomes the the cola landfill. <laughs> yeah, seven miles worth of garbage. <laughs> yep. Now there's there's also the uh, the the Lake Volstock drilling too, right? But that's is that very deep? How how deep is that? That is the last I really heard of it. Is that now the 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 ice over that is approximately two miles thick? And the last I heard is that they had actually gone through. They drilled most of the way down. I don't even know. The, the thing is that the ice is always moving and shifting. Oh. So the, the as far as I understand it, that hole is not a static thing and would not be manageable for long because they got most of the way down there. Then at the last second, they, they realized they could not empirically guarantee they would not taint the hole itself, taint yeah. the lake because they want to keep it pristine for research. 
But the last I heard that they got close and then didn't go the last part of the distance. Yeah. Mm. And that was that was years and years ago. Yeah, so it looks like they did crack it in 2015 because the previous attempt they yeah, there was a there was some contamination and then they drilled a whole fresh a whole new hole there. So yeah, it looks like they did do it in 2015. They were like, "Eff it, we're we're going in there. We're doing it." Hmm. But no word on like what terrors they unleashed? Not yet. I mean, you know, if they do find a terror, we'll find out. They already have. Gasgoose. Skadoosh. So, that is the whole hole. That's a whole list. bunch of holes. And uh, some, some notable holes that did not make the cut. Cape Matapan Caves in Greece. Hecla, Iceland. Chinooki, Japan. Mount Osori, Japan. Lerna Lake in Greece. Mount Etna, Sicily. Necromantion of Ephyra. <laughs> um, there's a lot. There's there's just a ton. And then one hilarious site that I found, which would go more under the gates of hell uh, than what we were covering, was entrances to hell.co.uk. <laughs> That's the, the number two. There's a huge list of just some pretty funny places i guess in the uk that uh, you can access hell from including like what looks to be just a uh, an electric equipment cabinet in an alley some like chained up gates of a sewer a hole just a, a like something busted up through through the ground <laughs> said to be the <laughs> devil <laughs> that's a pretty fun one to check out up jump the devil so um that'll do it then for hell holes in a fiery, loud hoax of a nutshell. Ugh. Lots of gas. A lot of a gassy nutshell. Gross. Now, the only thing that is more dangerous to crack open than, 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 a, than a portal to hell is the leathery but still moist exterior of a pun. <laughs> now, um, there is a place in Ireland that has a, a portal, a, a nidus canal, as it were, that can transport you to a realm where genetically mutated creatures run rampant and destroy uh, the forces of the, uh, the Terrans and even the Protoss. And it's Lockzerg. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, all right. Well, there's a, an Italian clothing store that sells hot new business casual styles. So when dressing to impress is what you hold most dear, dive into Slackus Shirtius. <laughs> nice. You know, they say that hell is other people. And in Rome, they, they absolutely knew that to be true because the true portal to hell was a lack of courtesy. <laughs> well, there was a fierce Mayan goddess of the underworld who in some tales could turn invisible, and in others was a cowgirl seductress whose looks could kill. Whoa. It was Jessica Shibalba. <laughs> Shibalba. Shibalba. Oh, that's good. That's good. Them's puns. Them's puns. Them's puns. Thank you guys so much for listening. We've got, uh, don't forget to uh, like us on the Facebook. Where are we at on that floor? 2065, maybe. Nice. Well on our way to 21 Big Winter Hildo, <laughs> the 21st Hildo. Uh, don't forget to visit us, patreon.com slash blurry photos. Uh, help, uh, help keep this machine, help become the tip of the spear in the, the Crypt Info War. <laughs> Uh, we have a ton of fun, uh, especially at the uh, Jack Slap level. We do our, our monthly live cast. We have a lot of really great shenanigans fun. Last month, we actually had the uh, uh, some of the guys from the Rumor Flies podcast on as they were in town for the live show. So that mm-hmm. was a ton of fun. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter. You can also leave us a delicious five-star review on iTunes. We certainly do appreciate that as well. Uh, it's the one thing that iTunes uh, is still doing a great job of regarding podcasts. I know that uh, some some folks were not too happy with some of those recent software changes, but yeah, I haven't tried them yet. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't, and I, I <laughs> with what everybody's saying, I don't know that I will. Right, uh, but yeah, those five star reviews certainly do help boost us there as well. 
Uh, don't forget to check out the elegant ladies of Candy Chat. This is high season for them. Just <laughs> yeah, just as blurry October fo- is. Yeah, I mean, there is there are a few greater candy holidays than Halloween, and uh, so don't forget to check that out. Uh, also, uh, thank you so much to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative who help run uh, our our fugitive fleet of of Cylon evading podcasts. Uh, if you like our podcast, uh, check out some of their other podcasts. Flora. Who's awesome? How about Cinema Jaw? It's a film podcast where Matt Kay and Rye the Movie Guy, along with Ilias Rodriguez, talk to authors, musicians, technologists, and any interesting people about their take on the movies. And they have to be interesting people and probably handsome for them to interview them. So check out Cinema Jaw. Damn right. Uh, don't forget also, as we mentioned, not only the Rumor Flies podcast, but also the Dark Myths Collective a uh, a wonderful group of extra creepy and entertaining and educational podcasts that we certainly enjoy being a part of as well. Yep, don't forget audibletrial.com slash blurry photos to get a free audiobook download, 30-day trial membership you can cancel anytime. We love it. We love listening to audiobooks. And I think that's going to do it then for this episode of Blurry Photos. <laughs> I have been Davidus Florius. Been, I've been roaming a lot lately. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Roman. And I've been Dave Stickalba. <laughs> We're on a highway to bike. Hey, how you doing? You want to go to hell but don't want to wait in line? Hey, how you doing? The path of righteousness sounds like a pain in the ass, so why try? Give us a call. Tothanak Brothers Excavation. You want to go to hell? We'll help you get there. We're digging holes to hell every damn day. Hey, go to hell with Tothanak Brothers. Lots of people want you to go to hell. Only Tothanak Brothers will actually put you there. We got front loaders, earth movers, ditch witches, regular witches. We got everything covered. Give us a call and let our team of licensed and certified tunnel bore technicians create a pathway to the underworld for you today. You want to go to hell? I want to send you there. Tothanak Brothers Excavation. Our structurally sound boreholes means the only thing you have to worry about is your soul being snatched from out from under you while you're going down to hell. Or maybe your face and rectal region being clawed irreversibly. I too have heard about that butt stuff, but I digress. Uh, How about your eyeballs being scraped out and replaced with pus maggots? I don't know. Go to hell. Every hole's got a young priest and an old priest. What more do you want? Come on. Hey, we invested in a lot of acoustic technology or something, so you can enjoy the sounds of the tormented damned on your whole journey. Not just when you're getting close to hell. Hey, Sal, what's that acoustic stuff called? It's, uh, the Infernal Bluetooth. Yeah, that's right. I can't remember. Go to hell and let us send you there. And given the depth of this hole, I can see how a person might be concerned about methane pockets or oil deposits, maybe dinosaur bones. Let me be perfectly clear. You're going to hell. It's the least of your concerns. It, we're the Tothanyak brothers. This ain't exactly our first rodeo. So for crying out loud, go to hell! Go to hell! I mean, hell, we're probably all going to be going there anyway. Why not go in style? Am I right? That you are, Gene. That you are. Tothanak Brothers, go to hell! And we're going to send you there.